welcome. You're listening to the MCMI podcast, where a cop, an IT guy, a musician, and a pastor get together and just talk about different nerdy things. Enjoy. So, uh, welcome. Uh, Matt was supposed to do the intro, so I don't know what he was going to say, but I do know that we're talking about a movie that we, I think, all actually enjoy, for Yay. sure, 100%. A good Skywalker. Yes, there's, there's, a, there's a, a teenager that can whine a little bit, but is not nearly as uh, annoying. There's droids and space fights and epic battles. We are finally back to the OG the original edition, none of that special edition stuff, Star Wars, Episode Four, A New Hope. You know, I was thinking about it, and I watched it not too long ago, and I feel like I really want to go back, and I wish I could find the original VHS tapes of it. Yeah, so we, my brother, my brother's a huge Star Wars fan, and uh, we were talking a little bit before this, that he just has, like, walls of stuff. But he definitely has the original three VHS, and then we also have the, like, silver special edition. Oh, yeah. That had was, just like, the, two... the three, right? No, it was... They actually had two VHS tapes, and it was, like, the special edition, and then, like, all this, like, bonus content. Oh, wow. Um, and then there was also, like, a gold... Ver- there were, like, three three or four different versions of the VHS. Yeah, because uh, I feel like, you know, I just like watching it, you see that thing, you see that episode, uh, well, I think it's in four when they're leaving the bar, like it's, you know, they like digitally remaster and they put some things in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, let's get there, let's get there, because oh, yeah. we can actually go through this movie. That's true. And, and not Well, I was saying so that time. to say that, like I wish that I could see it, the original as, it original. as it was, before they like updated uh, Jabba and... The effects. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, adding, adding little pieces of scenes. So yeah, so, A New Hope. Um, I think I said this in, in the episode one podcast, but I think it's one of the most brilliant openings of a movie ever. Because there's the scroll, the, the classic scroll, which, speaking of that special edition thing, did you know originally how they did that scroll? They actually um, had it put out on a metal plate and painted, and then they took the camera and slowly brought the camera across it. That's how they originally made that scroll. Oh, really? And the really sad part is, when they did the special editions, they replaced that with a digital effects Mm. version of it. For no reason other than maybe it was a little bit clearer. So, going back to my thing, it would be really cool to see the original, which I used to have it. Yeah. So, so there's that text crawl, which is setting things up, but just the, you see... The, the rebel ship, this tiny ship, getting chased by this monstrous Star Destroyer. And without really even knowing exactly what's going on, you can tell that this you know massive empire is, is powerful, 
is is reaching into this tiny rebellion that's trying to somehow get out. And that's how this movie starts. You don't need any dialogue. You don't need to learn all the politics. You, everything is said in that one shot. Yeah. And it really sets the tone for, although the audience probably didn't know it, the saga that was to come. Right. Well, and even it starts the color associations because the red lasers are coming from Star Destroyer and there's green lasers coming from the, the Roman oh, yeah. cruiser. So it's, and, and which is like, you know, a little bit on the nose, but in a, in a you know what I, narrative like this, it sort of is necessary to know who's good and who's bad. Good and yeah. bad. You know what I didn't get is, wouldn't it have made sense for the TIE fighters of that ship, the Star Destroyer that was chasing um, Princess Leia Organa's, I don't even know what model that ship was, but that, uh, that cruiser. Yeah, but like, wouldn't it have made sense since the Tie Fighters are much faster than that ship, to for it to them to be like trying to shoot the engines? You know what I mean? Maybe, but I think we see pretty early on the hubris of both Vader and Grandma Tarkin in that they know exactly who's on that ship. Yeah, they're using her as a political pawn. We find out later. Yeah, um, and and they're not worried about the ship getting away. Like it's it's a cat and mouse thing. It's not a it's not a epic like, oh we really gotta get this. Yes, they really have to get the ship, but they're not worried about getting it. And it really I think that scene, if you rewatch it after you like watch the entire saga, you go back and you watch it, you may actually see a hint of maybe um, Vader is not as committed as we think he is to finding the plans that they're searching. Um, the other thing, too, uh, that I wanted to mention, the reason I brought up the TIE Fighters is because you were talking about how the, the color difference, that they, um, one ship, I think they were firing back green lasers, mm -hmm. and the Star Destroyer was firing down red lasers. Right. Um, but the TIE Fighters, I think universally, they fired green laser, do they not? Probably. And I think the laser color, it denotes, like, the class of laser. I think, like the turbo blaster, that oh. that that's on it. Maybe. Like if it's green, I think that means it's like maybe a level one, and and if it's like blue or something like that, or maybe blue is level one, green is like level two, red is like level three. I don't know. Well, since we're talking about blasters, mm -hmm. you know, so we know from the Clone Wars they made, let's just say a million clone, right? They said yeah. we, we say you know it's. 200,000 with a million more to follow, something like that. A very large number. And at, at this point, they're out of the clones. Clones are dead and gone now. And now they've resorted to kidnapping people and forcing them to join their empire. So they've lost a ton of stormtroopers. Why have they not maybe updated that armor a little bit? Like... You know, you see him in that opening scene where you got, like, the people on the ship, which, by the way, I don't think we're going to talk about it, but Rogue One, that ending scene where Vader is oh, slicing nice. people up, like, so going back to what you say, well, like, he may not be committed, yeah. I think he's fully committed because I think he knows that his, his true plans are to become number one, so I think he doesn't want to lose that because you see him, like, I mean, to me, that's one of the, you know what I'm talking about, like, that's, that's like one of the coolest scenes in any movie. 
because you actually get to see Vader like wrecking people and not just like getting talked down to the whole time. Right. But so back to the, the stormtroopers. You see them. You know they're about to bust through that door. They're all standing there with their guns and you know they're like here they come and you know. They're coming in and they're getting shot at, and these guys are just taking one shot and just going straight down. You would think that the Empire would be like, hey, listen, we are spending so much money or credits or whatever they're doing, Empire credits on these ships. Let's save a little bit of money. Let's put some better armor out there and not lose so many men. Yeah, I think the armor that they wear is not blaster resistant, but it's it is... toilet paper. Well, it's... <laughs> It's stab resistant, I think, or, or like blade resistant, and I also think that it's um, like flak resistant. Yeah, so like, you would think, I mean, it's not like they're doing like their morning meetings and they're like, well, we had 47 stormtroopers stabbed and 7 million of them shot with blasters. Let's make it stab. Like, you would think they would be like, hey, guys, let's put a little bit stronger stuff into these suit instead yeah. of just like plastic. Maybe, but I wonder, like, what... I think that's probably a very expensive... Have you seen the amount of ships and stuff that they go through? No, Money is I know, not an but object I'm saying if, if, it's a, if it's a resource problem to mass-produce yeah. something like that... Yeah, uh, on that scale. Because right. they've got... So first they started out with the clone army, which they presumably had about that same quality armor. Maybe, I would imagine. maybe even better. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the quality went down as the clones got phased out. I mean, clearly they, but, they view... They're, I mean, they're expendable people. That's, I mean, they don't right. even give them names. They just give them numbers, as we see in the end movies. Right. But, but if, you, if you also go off of that, think about this. You know, they have their captains and stuff like that, and the only way that those things are really uh, denoted is, like, they have the little shoulder pad colors. And it's like, that is not... I don't. I wouldn't think that's like additional protection. So they have no, basically, you know, these are captains. These are seasoned <clears throat> veterans. They've probably done a tour or two enforcing, you know, empire dogmatic law all throughout the galaxy. And then the only additional like armor that they get that is like visibly denotes them as being of higher rank is this little shoulder pad. And you could say the same thing if you go away from the ground, like the um, the infantry, right? you go into like the officers they don't have any armor at all they're in like cloth and they're yeah. like highly trained uh <clears throat> tacticians and and stuff like that so you you could say that yes they could increase for, for a marginal cost but when you scale that out it is significant it it's it's significant and that and the other thing too is there are other kinds of troopers than the stormtrooper. No, I get that. The, I'm just saying your your, your basic, basic stormtrooper, like they can put shields around droids. I mean, the Gungans were able to put shields around a whole big group of them, and Jar Jar Binks survives. You, I mean, these guys should be able to have like shields or something. Something, yeah. That's just my two cents. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? Since we're talking about it, okay. So you brought up officers. Yeah. It is, and I've said this before. It's a really big pet peeve of mine that <clears throat> Vader gets so talked down to. Like, they don't, like we do, like, we appreciate Vader for what he is as being this bad dude that can should be able to do whatever he wants. But, like, on that ship, like, that guy, and I can't remember his name, he goes, 
you know, we're tired of your silly mythical ways and blah, 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 talking about the Force and stuff, and Vader starts choking him. Mm-hmm. Now, Vader can choke him just by lifting his hand up and using the Force to choke him. Oh, he can and do then, it and without old, even seeing Yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. And then yeah. old Grand Moff Tarkin goes, Vader, let him go. And he's like, all right, I'm sorry. If I can choke somebody with my fingers and not even touch them, he's not telling me what to do. Like, well, if he... Yeah, he could force push him so, down the stairs. Yeah, I said it. He could force push him down the stairs. He could get rid of him. He could take his breath away. And yet, this Vader's just like, oh, okay. You're just a, a normal dude. I'm going to listen to what you say. Like, Vader has gotten soft in his old age, and I don't like it. And these people know it. I, oh, I totally disagree with yeah. all of what you just said. Well, you can <laughs> feel free to unpack because. Well, so first of all. You have to look at episode four Vader outside of the light of the prequels. Because in the prequels, the Jedi and Sith are so overpowered video game characters that the the that, that was never the original intent of Vader in episode four. Right? He's not he, he does have we find out more and more like just how powerful the force is in all of this, but he's not meant to be this cartoonish, villainous, you know all-powerful being that they present in as the, the enemies in the first three episodes. The second thing is, if he's kind of following Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, if you're building an empire and you're not going to set the empire up the way you want it to be, then why are you bothering to build an empire? So it, my point in saying that is Darth, trusts, Darth Vader trusts Palpatine, at least for the time, politically, to set up a hierarchy of how he wants to run the Empire. Because Darth Vader certainly isn't going to run an Empire by himself, no. by just killing all of the officers. And, and keep, keep that in mind, too, is that not only is the Imperial Navy, those Navy officers like Grand Moff, uh, who admittedly he was basically in charge of, uh, if not all of the forces, the Imperial Navy and, and ground forces that are kind of under them, they're... Because the Navy, you know, just like for the U.S., like pretty much all the other branches in some way or another report to the Navy in, in a way. I guess the Army is maybe the only one that doesn't. But uh, that aside, the thing is about them is he is not only doing what he's told, and at some point we've, ne- we've never seen this, but the Emperor probably told Vader that, like, you are not to harm Grandma. You are to, to listen to him. And he is, Grand Moff is, uh, uh, Tarkin is uh, significantly older than Vader. By, I think, like 10, 15 oh, or oh, 20 years. It's got to be a while. Yeah. So he's got more, you know, life experience. Also, t- keep in mind, Anakin, we, we heard about, <laughs> we heard about how much he didn't like uh, the way things were, and that wouldn't it be great if we could just remake it the way we wanted it? Well, who's to say that the direction the empire the uh, empire is going, and the direction the emperor is going with it, as Ben pointed out, you know he's constructed this this <coughs> militaristic, dogmatic uh, force throughout the galaxy that is basically tyrannical. 
and is basically telling people like what's right and what's wrong, what's allowed, what's not, and if the empire is running smoothly for all intents and purposes, then who is Vader to really step in and say like, okay, you're like I don't know two or three ranks below Tarkin, hence you're why you're at this table in the first place. We don't know who that guy was, but like when Tarkin pipes up, like he does back down. So I think that really speaks to the respect that Tarkin must have, not only within the Imperial uh, Navy, but also there must be some point where the Emperor had told him, like, you're, you're going to listen to Tarkin. Maybe. Because and, and that might be, but I really feel like there is a... I'm going to say there's a level of disrespect that's being handed out to Vader, I think. Because... Oh. Absolutely. I mean, because so. Vader yeah. should have been able to be like, hey, uh, what? Snap, and he's dead. So, how many other people are walking around the Death Star wearing a cape? That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Just the Emperor. But I'm just saying, like... <laughs> I mean, he's not there the whole time. There's clearly not a... See, I feel like there's like a... Like an imbalance of power in that... But that's because you're assuming that Vader should have the power. Yeah, 100%. Like, I feel like it should be Palpatine, Vader, like, and then... Well, so, not to jump movies, but then that doesn't... He, I, we, You forget how, again, because we've been so twisted by these newer movies. Because actually, what you're describing, who you're describing is Kylo Ren. Right? A leader uh, yeah. who's killing whoever he feels like, whenever he feels bad, ultimate power, doing whatever he wants. Vader, in, I think it's Empire... Maybe Return of the Jedi, but we see where he has to like go into a special chamber to like be able to take off his yeah 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 shell and stuff. Get stuff off. He's not he's powerful, but he's not um, immortal. No, 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 no. Right, and so again, if, if you're thinking about this from people who aren't looking from a historical perspective, right? It's the silly guy that's going around saying, talking about the Force and all this stuff. Who also has his own private like egg that he has to go into, otherwise he'll die. Medical dome, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying. I feel like there is a there's a level of disrespect that they're treating him with. There's a there's and I feel like symbiosis. Like there should have been for a character like Darth Vader. Like there should be a little bit higher level of fear of him than I think is portrayed in that movie. No, because that's what sets up. But that's also. But you're right. I am being skewed by the first three movies. And Rogue One, apparently. <laughs> no, that's just... An, I mean, I think that's just an incredible scene. <laughs> when it's pitch black and you see that red lightsaber come on. Like, that's dope. Yeah. I, but, think, I think they but, know... But, that, but that, in, that in general, though, yeah. in that particular scene, I mean, those guys saw that and they were like, we are about to die. And then that guy sitting right next to him was just like, whatever, Vader. Like... That's how I did like. I feel like there should be like a little bit more fear should have been instilled in. Okay, but again, not to continue, just to berate you and your views. <laughs> <laughs> not only. <laughs> well, but uh, so so to pull in something good from the prequel trilogy, Jedi That's... have been killed. Yeah. Right. There's no respect for any Force user. Right. Hmm. It's you don't see a bunch of Jedi going on rescue missions and using their lightsabers. Darth Vader is like the only person at this point publicly using a lightsaber. Yeah, that's true. He's a silly 
from their perspective, he sort of is like a silly witch doctor in a way, using these kind of old style. It would be like if you were to go and see um, a World War II reenactment, and then someone came with like a musket and participated. Yeah, they would I mean, stick out. You would go. Okay, so what are not you doing to, here. You're right. So, but not to and not to to harp on the first three movies. Not to harp on the first three movies, but I mean they're okay. Here we go. All right, and there we're back. But not to. We love our sponsors. Yeah, not to uh, get into the, any of the other movies, but I mean I feel like this is something we should talk about because it's a part of the movie. So between episode three and episode four is how many years you think? Uh, well, I mean if Luke's a baby and now he's a teenager. So he's like. The most. So let's just say. Like 17, 18, 20, around in that time. Like, it kind of bothers me that, like, Han Solo, even, he even says a thing during your favorite scene when they're doing the blaster ball training. You know, he's, you know, he makes it seem like this is like some old, made up stuff. And it's like, Han Solo would have been around during all of that. Like, he's old enough to have remembered the Jedi Council and the Republic and, and, Suck. <laughs> I know, but still, but it's still a, a thing. And apparently, uh, what is the uh, Coruscant? What's the uh, Luke's planet? Tatooine. Tatooine. Apparently, Tatooine makes you age horribly because you look at Obi Wan and he was like, you know, he's like a stud, like in his late thirties, early forties, and now he's a seventy-eight-year-old man. Okay, and I love when people say this though because Alec Guinness was only sixty. And he was playing a fifty-five-year-old character. That he, if he's fifty-five, I'm three. But I don't care because literally the actor was sixty when he played it. And okay, and they didn't make him look older. They he just, looked yeah, older. Yeah, they just gave him some burn. Like either way, you know what I'm saying. Look at uh, look at uh, Uncle Owen <laughs> compared to when we see him last and when we see him now. Yeah, but imagine having to raise Luke Skywalker. I have to. I have to. I have to chime in on that though. It, the when we were watching the recap of A New Hope, um, that is one thing that stuck out. I'm like, man, you see, at at, in, at the end of Episode Three, when when Luke is kind of handed over to Owen and uh, what was his girlfriend say, Baru. Um, you know, you see them, and that guy couldn't be more than like. 28? Yeah, he's a young dude. So, yeah, he's pretty... pretty and now... <laughs> and whether it's... Life on know, the two moon planet was rough. Whether, whether it's 20 it's years thing. later, or whether it's, it's you know, 17 years later or whatever, he didn't age very well. No. You know. And going off of that, 17 years later, going back to what you said about Vader, how he's like a, you know, like a fairy tale thing, all of those guys remember all of that. All of those guys should remember what he did. So then, so again, if we're going to talk about continuity errors, why did all the clones die in 20 years, or 17 years? How did they possibly get all of those clones to die off in uh, let, 17 years? Let's go back even further. Bad armor. We talked about that. Yeah. So <laughs> and I we think, are full circle. I don't I don't know that it was ever, like, discussed. It's possible there could have been a virus. But also, let's keep in mind, the galaxy is a big place. And even the million people that all look the same, 
if you spread them out all across the galaxy, like, yeah, of course you're not going to see but, like, maybe one or two, you know? But the flip side of that is the way Obi-Wan talks to Luke about the Clone Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes it sound like, again, one of this, a galactic event that everyone's going to know what that is and what it's about and who was involved. And again, the thing that we're arguing right now is why the prequels are bad again, so we should probably move off. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's move, move on and introduce on. some new characters. Okay, so, so obviously Vader is, is on the ship, right? He's dispatched most of the, I guess, Royal Guard. I don't know what to call them. Ah, useless people. Like, you know, Pawns. these rebel soldiers that are on board of this uh, cruiser that's trying to evade the Star Destroyer. And then the next thing that we, we see, this is the first time that the audience, you know, back in the, what, late 60s, early 70s? 70s. 77, I think. 77? Okay, my bad. Um, 60s. So, late 70s. <laughs> and this is the first time that folks are getting eyes on Vader. They've, they've never seen anybody like Vader and that voice James Earl Jones I oh man. I don't think they could have picked a better voice at the, for the time. Well, that's you, that's can, not true. They should have gone with the original actor. Oh, oh. You are part of the Rebel Alliance. That poor guy. <laughs> he, just, know, he thought that he was going to be in the movie and then they were like no. He was selling. Have you heard it. how you talk? He was yeah. selling it from behind that mask and everything. You know how cool that must have been for, like, uh, Carrie Fisher and and all of them to to go see that and then to hear that deep, powerful voice of James Earl Jones to talk and they're Ooh, like, "Wow, that guy is way better." <laughs> <laughs> like you have this little Irish guy like screaming all these orders and oh, then you have. He wasn't little. He was tall. Like whoever was voicing it or whatever. But he was like skinny. Yeah, he's not like he he's he not. doesn't match that character. He doesn't match Darth Vader's like power and Yeah, the, when they eventually do the unmasking like you guys were talking about, yeah, that would not have gone at all. <laughs> <laughs> um especially cuz the voice sounds so much younger than Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? But okay, so we see Vader for the first time. And the first thing is he's he's looking he just I think says that he's looking for the plans, right? He doesn't talk about the princess. I think they're saying the stolen plans. Stolen plans. Okay. And what is it? I think that's the first time we see him force choke somebody, too. Was one of the guys he was interrogating. But he never even gave him a chance to answer. I I thought he was physically choking him. Yeah. He literally has his hand around his neck. Oh, was it physically? Yeah. That's what's so so funny is because they're standing there and he's like, ah! And somebody was like, why didn't he try to grab that guy's lightsaber? Like, why didn't he try to do this? Like, but also on the flip side, if you're Vader, why are you touching somebody? Like, you could just be like, whoop, choking him. Well, but again, I think... But he's goes, trying to show that power, that's well, why. But also, that goes back to force abilities being a video game instead of being a use of the supernatural thing that... Because yeah. my belief from the original trilogy is that the Force isn't just this unlimited, like, I'm just going to Force push whoever I want and well, kill whoever I want. And that makes more sense if we do go back in the context of the end of Rogue One and that he just used his his Force powers to dispatch, like, what, 12 guys? Oh, in a that, lot. that little... My favorite part of that is when he uses it and he's holding a guy up mm-hmm. and he's fighting, you know, slashing other people and then he just... Does his arm back, cuts a guy in half, and then just lets him drop. And he's a bad dude, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. The Force, because you even see it with Yoda on Dagobah, again, to jump a movie a little bit, that, like, when you do something powerful with the Force, it, it drains you, and there, there's, like, a recovery time. I think it's, it's kind of like, um, it, it, you, you're probably numb to the Force. You know what I mean? Because, like, they can feel it when they haven't used it at all. And then at a certain point in time, you know, they're able to do these, like, really powerful things where they lift up something that's really heavy, like an, the X-Wing fighter when Yoda lifts it out of the swamp, you know? Um, we don't see him immediately use the Force right after that. Right. But... Well, he also, there's, like, a, a sense of, like, like, it was it was an effort. It wasn't yeah, but just, like... Yoda's also boom. 900 years old. Yeah. And also... Everything's an effort. But it's the same thing when Luke goes to lift the X-Wing later. Mm-hmm. Like... It's a consistent, I think it's a consistent thing in the original movies that the use of the Force is something. The bigger the use of the Force, the more recovery time there is. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so let's just recap what we talked about. Vader is disrespected. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Who shot first? There was only one shot. I think it was two. Not in the original. Oh, oh, that's right, because it was edited to make it look like they both shot. Edited it's horribly. Yeah. The so way his like, head, I mean, head just just to the side, correct. like, who has reflexes like that? But we'll all agree it was Han Solo, right? Oh, of yeah, no, that's the whole point. He's so he good at his everything that... Not to get it. off on a different movie, but I just recently watched Solo for the first time. Oh, I didn't even watch that. I heard bad things. You know what? I heard a ton of bad things, and I thought it was great. Well, you also... So, <laughs> like, to death. <laughs> what else? Force push this movie. What else me. would you uh, use it for? It is pretty good. <laughs> you wouldn't like it, but it was pretty good. <laughs> well, so but hold on. You're, you've jumped. You've jumped ahead a little bit. I think it's important to go back because Luke meets Obi Wan before we get to the whole cantina scene. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, Obi Wan, who is now, I don't know, a thousand years old. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. The, the age no, I think that was just poor planning in the prequels. Like that was just they just didn't think about that. Not, I mean, Ewan McGregor was. Well, incredible. I was going to say part of the problem is Ewan McGregor is such a perfect fit as a young Obi Wan. Absolutely, yeah. which I, I think can't the, wait for the new Obi Wan. I think the mistake that. was so though. Awesome. The mistake was that they starting with had, they had him appear as a as a Padawan far too young, because we're we're only talking about a space of like ten years then. Right, and I don't know how old he's supposed to be for the yeah. That's what I'm saying. And third he, movies. At, at the end of episode three, he's like, he's got to be like late thirties. Like he's not that old because he's like you said, he's still a Padawan, and then he's training Anakin. But Anakin, they you know they always say it's been ten years since he's seen right. Padme. So now he's let's just say he's already a master he, by the end of the yeah. Movie. So you're you're talking a ten year span, and yeah. then between episode two and three, you're talking. I don't know, a couple years? It's not much. Yeah, I don't know how, how long the Clone Wars... That would really be a telltale about how long it actually went on for. But if you look seven in... Seven seasons. I know you, you're not a fan. <laughs> so, seven years, maybe? I, I, if you sure. Usually, typically, shows like that, you, you go based on, like... Yeah, but I don't think that's, one that's season going that year. way. But that's like uh So... Yeah, I don't think you can go by that because you look at shows like The Walking Dead and one one season's four days. Or, you know, so, like 24 and that's like one day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but again, Star Wars. So, um, more, more rabbit holes. Either way, I think it's just poor planning on doing 
uh, you know, casting and either way, it happened. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so he meets he meets Obi Wan. Um, you know what? We are talking completely over two characters that were just nobody seems to care about what? because they were so important in the prequels that no one remembered them. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Who? The droids. You got that right. But nobody cares about droids, which I sort of like. Right? They're, they end up being, by the end of episode six, right, they, they've become integral parts. And you know, I mean, C-3PO complains about, like, Everything. oh, we've gone through so much, and, you know, I'm just so tired of this war. But there's a good, it's a good comedic relief from kind of the epicness of everything else that's going on. And so it's brilliant that, like, even when Luke first meets him, he's like, hello. Like, like he's, like, doing pleasantries, but clearly annoyed. He's like, you... We bought you to do a function. I'm going to get you functional. That's what this is about. I'm not looking for sure. a relationship. You're not a friend. That's how yeah. it starts. And they've got the command bolt on R2, right? Right. So he's limited in what he can do. Oh, did you all notice, too, that that other droid just, like, blew up? Sabotaged or whatever? <laughs> like, a lot of... There's a theory that R2 actually tampered with that other R2 unit. Oh, in order and to get, not be separated with Exactly, video. yeah. I think I've heard that. Yeah. I gotta tell you, if I was R2, I'd be like, I gotta get away from this dude. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to talk to him no more. He's, he wears me out. So, um, okay, so if we're going, based on the progression of, like, they, they land on the planet, they get captured by the, um, what are those? Jawas. Jawas. Yeah, the ones that talk really fast. Yeah, just high. <laughs> <laughs> Utini. <laughs> um, but okay, so they they put these command bolts on these guys, and and the droid blows up when um, it realizes that um, you know it's it's gone against its programming or whatever, and then all of a sudden, oh, also want to note that one spider looking droid with all the arms that looked like it was coming out of its center that was a really cool droid um i can't remember what it's called but it was i think responsible for repairing other droids largely mm. i think so um that's why it kind of looked the way that it did but hi highly multitasking droid but anyways i i digress so he what did, how did how did luke like wind up going to find uh ben kenobi so they are taking, he's taking off that thing off of him and he's cleaning him up because oh, yeah. uh, Uncle Owen said, hey, clean these droids up before dinner and blah, 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 blah. And while cleaning it, he's, something is jammed in there and when he pops it that's out, when it's, the, that's when the hologram pops up. And that's of, the, the tell is like, oh, I wonder if they mean old Yeah, she ben says, Kenobi. you know, the classic, help me, Obi-Wan, you want Okay, so, and not knowing that Why that's his sister. He has, yeah. he has no he idea he even has a sister at this point. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I can't, I can't hate him. Good lord. Yeah, so, but that's just so funny that he was like, Obi-Wan Kenobi? I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. It's like, you don't think so? How like, many Kenobis are there on Death Yeah, I mean, yeah but to be fair, also, those droids didn't come from Tatooine. So it could have been any... So it one. could have been a relative. Like, I don't know how common the surname Kenobi is, but... Knowing that there's someone who's nearby, this see this is one of those where like, I I like the idea that the force is not these little 
that, that the force is a little more supernatural and like cosmic rather than cells inside of you because the idea that the force like crafted these meetings to happen I think is really interesting but there's like a providential side of the force that maybe it was the force that caused that one droid to blow up so that R2 didn't get separated so that brings up a, a bigger thing that I, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about but Probably are you not. kind of hinting that the force is trying to rebalance itself by causing like it's a force <laughs> but like but but okay so the the so rather than it being something that i'm so forcing on people it's some power that's doing force that i'm able to tap into well you could make i mean if if what i understand is the point that you're making here is that the force is responsible for them meeting in the first place right by allowing certain things to happen yeah and i mean then, what, do you, what do you think the chances are that C-3PO, who was built by his dad, comes back Whoa. and, yeah, and is, <laughs> yeah, sorry, who should not be named, and, you know, and just happens to come back to this place, and to blah, the blah, same blah, blah. planet he was constructed or repaired on, I don't you know. know I, you know one thing that I don't like, you know, we talked about the continuity here, well, there's several things I don't like, but we talked about the, how things don't, like, match up, you, I really can't stand how, I mean, see, R2-D2 is a was a big part of everything that happened before, especially with dealing with Obi-Wan. Like, and to an extent, you see it in the Clone Wars, the, 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 the cartoon show, and you see it in, even in the movies. Like, Anakin, I'm sorry, he who should not be named, and Obi-Wan, like, almost put themselves in dangers a couple times, like, getting the droids and doing things for them. And for him to just be like, oh, let's see what this little droid's doing. Like, I... I couldn't stand it. That kind of that hurt me a little because, bit. Because, again, you're looking at it from the perspective of the prequels instead of seeing the original movie as the, the attitude of the original tr trilogy is droids aren't really important. They're not people. They don't have rights. They can't go into the cantina. Like, droids are not special in the way they are in the prequels where R2-D2 gets praised by Queen. Yeah. You know no, I'm just I mean? saying, like, like, I just wish that there was... Again, that, that the prequels were done better. <laughs> yeah, but that that things matched up. <laughs> well, because, because R two wasn't like a nothing droid. Like that droid saved Obi Wan's life countless times. Sometimes we didn't even get to see it. But I just wish there was a little more appreciation. I digress. We again. I wish the prequels were better. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're arguing. All right. So because I don't think there's a problem self-contained episode four. There's not a problem with the way that Obi Wan treats R two D two. I mean, droids, droids matter, too. That's all I'm saying. Not all droids. <laughs> These aren't the droids that matter. <laughs> so let's move on. So, okay, but they... I don't know. He meets up... Uh, he eventually does find Ben. I'm not sure how that all happens exactly. Well, because the... Uh, R2 runs away. Yeah, R2 goes to find him, and he's like... And Luke can't find the droid. You know, he's let's... trying to find the droid, so then they find... You know, okay. they, follow, they follow the tracks, right? Pretty much. Well, no, he and he and C-3PO, they can't go out during the night because it's too dark and there's yeah. wind or whatever, so they, the next day, That's get right. out on the land speeder because they're drinking the blue milk and Owen's like, where's Luke? She's like, oh, I, I think he went out hey. to like, work early. And he's like, well, you better have this done. Can we talk about how, how so. good he did? Like, how Luke was like, I really want to go do that thing with all my friends. And he right. goes, nah, you're going to stay here and help me? And he goes, my go sugar. And then he, it like, he's... 
Yeah, I really just appreciate that he was listening to his uncle. Yeah, but he wasn't. Yeah, kind he was of. trying to not get himself in trouble. Like, it is a really teenager yeah. thing. Like, he lost the droid, and instead of coming to his uncle and be like, the droid ran away, he's like, I've got to go find it so I don't get in trouble. Which, but again, is a, is a fine thing, but that's so he ends up chasing after R2, getting attacked by the Tusken Raider, and, <laughs> then, <laughs> right, and then Obi-Wan saves him, happens to save him. Oh. And that's how they end up in Obi-Wan's little hermit shelter. And then shortly after the hermit shelter, or whatever, um, they go back to the moisture farm? Correct. Owen's mo- moisture farm? And... Um, well, because that's... Obi-Wan's already, I think, I think it's implied that Obi-Wan's already sensed that something has happened, right? Again, he's very Force-sensitive. He knows, because what happens is they, they end up, as they're traveling back, they see that the um, Jawa's thing has been destroyed, and Obi-Wan makes this case of, like, these are stormtroopers that did this, not yeah. Tusken Raiders. Doesn't he make a comment about the precision yes. of the shooting? Which is so funny. Can we... Because they acknowledge for that a is not what they are known for. Either he's being extremely sarcastic there and we like for well, Luke I think, to get it, or I think looking back uh, that again, that's one of those things outsider looking in where you go, they're not that right. elite. Like they are either that or it's a commentary on the type of yeah, weapon, that's right? True. That a blaster is going to be more accurate than the weird like stick thing they have that also shoots lasers but yeah. it's like a weird it's like a stick yeah so i don't know but either way then obi-wan says come with me learn about the force and he's like no i have to go back home and and i don't remember exactly what he says but obi-wan basically already knows like your aunt and uncle are dead but he doesn't know that from being there well, and then, yeah that and that's why he's even saying force. like hey it's don't like it's too dangerous like right. he tells him don't go back and uh I do appreciate how, even though he's probably not done much dealings as far as, you know, quote-unquote Jedi work, uh, Obi-Wan, you're right. I do I do like the fact that even after all this time, he is still super Force-sensitive. Um, you know, he can even tell when Alderaan gets blown up. Well, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's where he really starts to see just how, how all that works because again there, if there's this cosmic sense of the force rather than just this local sense of it and then we get to after that we get to see the fastest ship there is mm-hmm. Big drunk. <laughs> yeah but it's got what it takes on the inside <laughs> it's on the inside that counts he's done the modifications so, himself one thing i'm lost on though and, and maybe it's it's actually in the film but do they actually know where Leia is? Well, no. So there's there's two answers to that question. Um, the first is that they end up going to Alderaan because they know that she's princess in Alderaan. Because right? okay. they end up coming out of hyperspace into the destroyed Alderaan. Yeah. So they didn't know that she had been captured at that point. They just went to the next place. Most logical place. Where to. she would have been or where they would have been able to find out what well, happened. I think she might say in the message, take these plans to my father. Yes, I think so. So they're not necessarily looking okay, so for that, Leia. They're, they're looking to take the plans. They the know that Leia, there's a level of distress that Leia has right now that involves the rebels. Okay. And, you know, and everything that's going so on. So the, the video Empire. message that's encoded on the... On R2. On the, yeah, but that little floppy disk or whatever, 
those plans also contain the design details for the Death Star. That's what they are, right? Okay. That's what the plans so the are. the video it was kind of like a double sided thing or whatever. Like this side is the video yeah. from her that gets cut off. Sure. And then the other side is it's the plans. Okay. Maybe I don't I don't know the exact function of it. Sure. All. But the other the other yeah so that, that's part of it is they're not necessarily looking for Leia, but also related to that is again if we take away the prequels for a second. Mm -hmm. Luke and Leia were not originally brother and sister. No. That was actually a plot thing that was added during Return. Dude. So even at the end of Empire, when Yoda says, no, there is another, it was not originally intended to be that it was Leia, and that Leia and Luke were these twins separated Who, at birth. What was, what was meant by that, then? Well, it wasn't figured out. They were figuring it out as they went. Yeah, remember, can, when episode 4 was made, episode 5 wasn't thought of. You can tell 100%. You watched that scene... Where, I'm going to flash forward a little bit and that's okay, Luke, Obi-Wan, not Obi-Wan, uh, where they're on uh, on the Vader's ship and stuff and they're trying to get Leia. And that door opens up and she's laid on that couch all looking seductive and stuff. And he's like, we're here to save you. And she's like, oh, okay. But you're like... You're a little short for a stormtrooper. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, you can tell that it's like... You're right, like the... the him being a brother or, or family figure at all is not there. Correct. And you can also tell when it's not there because she kisses him. Correct. And it's disgusting. Only after the fact. Only after you learn that. Right. Which again, uh -uh. and I don't mind that that's the truth. Kisses are gross. But it wasn't a truth. <laughs> I guess my point is just like it, uh, it wasn't a truth from the yeah. beginning. It wasn't written necessarily to be that be the, the plot twist. But anyway, so yeah, so they've They've gone to Alderaan. There's no Alderaan. They get pulled in by the Death Star because it's still there because it just blew it up. Oh, and oh, we meet Han Solo. Oh, yeah. He's the, in there, too. The thing that and happens... Chewie. So the thing Aww. that happens before they get to what was Alderaan, right? The show of force where Tarkin is, like, he's messing with Leia. And he literally lies to her. He's like, I will spare Alderaan if you tell me the location of the rebel base. And... Even though he gets the location of where it is, and why it takes the entire rest of the movie for them to get there, I don't know. Well, because she gives him a false location. Was it? She says Dantooine is Yavin Four is where Yavin, the actual that's, thing is. That's what it is. Yeah. So because remember they, they hear later on reports that they go to Dantooine and they're like, there's there's you know remnants of a rebel base, but it looks like it's been abandoned for some time. Right. Yeah. right. Isn't it so funny how not and not so funny? I'm sorry, but like that's a real like serious moment. Where he's like, we're going to blow up Alderaan. And she goes, no, don't. And they go, well, tell us. And then she goes, it's that planet. So she's completely just like, save my people. Don't worry about them. Yeah, but she also, she, but she, again, she's, they're both playing the game. Oh, she's yeah. She's telling them an another false, there's no one on Dantooine that's going to get killed. Yeah, right. For the rebels. So he's being lied to. Yeah, but I'm sure the there's somebody he's, there. He's lying to, to Leia. Saying that he'll spare, he's not. He's not playing around. He's like, no, this is the. He's basically like, this is a world that's sympathetic to the, I don't know, the resist, the republic or what, like the, the old republic. Yeah, the rebellion, and it will be crushed basically. And doesn't give the planet like any warning, like, hey, 
Uh, if you, you know, if you value your lives or anything, it's like, they don't even probably know what that thing is. Which is also what he says. He's like, we need to show the full power of this battle station. So the galaxy knows like the empire is serious business. If you continue to rebel, this is what's going to happen. So he does that. He does blow it up. And then, um, you know, regardless of those negotiations, I think he was going to blow it up. Right, whether he got information. Yeah, from absolutely. Or not. Because I mean, you just said it. It it's was that all show of power. Movie. He's gonna, he's gonna show it out there that we didn't build this big old ball in space for nothing. Like we're we're blowing something up. Yeah. So that happens, and then I don't know if we wanted to cover like you know the seediness of the cantina on Tatooine, nah. but you know, guy gets his arm chopped off for messing with Obi Wan and Luke and. Well, I felt like that was a little questionable of the scene because, like, he doesn't like you. I don't, I don't like, like you either. <laughs> I, but I think the implication there is that Obi-Wan knows he's lived on the planet long enough that whether or not he's been in the cantina, he knows the players who are there. It's the right. same local people. And he knows really how dangerous. Isn't it funny, though, when he chops off the guy's arm with a lightsaber? Like, no one bats an eye. That's because that guy's I'm not like, the first oh. person that's been killed in there. Well... Ten seconds later, Han no, shoots with, Greedo. Yeah, with exactly. The, and then he just flips some like a coin. He's like, "Sorry about it. I'll clean up the mess." Not talking about the fact that the you're guys just saying aren't, the fact that there's I'm a talking lightsaber. about the fact that there's a lightsaber. Like you, if you understand like all the the nuances that go into making a lightsaber, and like not just making a lightsaber, but make one that's stable. A good example of an unstable lightsaber is Kylo Ren's. That's why it does the thing, and it's not. It doesn't the sound. What thing? Just stop. <laughs> but like, it flares. It flares at the ends. Like all the yeah, other. Yeah, I ones, think that's intentional though. We yeah, because yeah. it's dope. Maybe that that could be it. But there's we'll more. About him right now. There's more to it than you know just getting it to work, and, and you know it has to do with like the color that it emits and all this stuff. But you have to be. I believe you have to be a force sensitive to use a lightsaber. Because you're channeling your your force sensitivity into the lightsaber for it to work. It's I not, don't know if that's true. Because, I mean, later on you see Finn is able to do it. Han uses it. Well, right? I think... Well, we're getting off off the force film. But if you go off of that, there is a theory out there that Finn did have a force sensitivity. It just wasn't really <laughs> explored. I can't stand Finn. But we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that movie. We're talking about this movie. Um, so, okay, so this... Uh, but it depends uh, on where you're coming your argument from. Are you yeah. coming from the fact that Jedi are only dead for 20 years? Or are you coming from the idea that Jedi are ancient, like they should be? Well, the way, if you go all the way back to the, the table scene where they're all around the table on the Death Star, and they're talking about basically making fun of Vader, and, like, he's he's this superstitious guy, gets no respect, okay. right? And he's walking around with a regal weapon, Start a lightsaber. From a more, you know, civilized time or whatever. Vader Dangerfield. But. Nothing. <laughs> I just, I was surprised that. Don't have any I was just surprised that no one in the cantina was surprised to see a lightsaber. How, how often those things come through there, you know? I think, I think everybody in that cantina goes with the out of sight, out of mind mentality. Okay. They literally don't care what's Mind happening their own business, kind of. Because it doesn't affect, like everybody in there is wanted for something. So the last thing they want to do is draw any kind of attention to themselves or get killed, probably. So, or it's the ultimate Jedi mind trick that he does it and then and erases their their. That could be reaction to it. 
And then he goes, I'm going to get a drink. <sighs> All right. Moving on. That was a shot from episode two. Yes. Goodness. Okay, but okay. So the seediness aside, they they are able to hook up with uh, Han and Chewie, oh, and they're able to negotiate. Chewie Chewie. Which I I have to be honest, I don't know the exact number of credits, but wasn't it like significantly lower than what they were asking for up front? It was like yeah, it was we'll the- pay you two thousand, which is what they were able to get for the speeder, right? Right, and then we'll give you another like. Fourteen thousand. Yeah, like something like that. No, so I think Han wanted ten. He said we'll give you two now and like twenty when we yeah. reach. And that's like, like that and they're like, well, with that money, you could get your own like ship. Right. And you then Obi Wan says, we want to be discreet about leaving. We don't right. want to make a right. Yeah. So they leave and they, and they're able to, uh, with with the exception of running into Jabba and his thugs. Right, which I thought was a weird scene. I which don't know. Wasn't in the original. Yep. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought Remember that I told was. You they redid him, and I thought that was really weird. I I could no, tell there was. No, that scene wasn't in the original. CG, where they're Not. taking off and getting shot at. So what happens? All you see in the original is is there. There was a conversation implied about Greedo, because Greedo was one of Jabba's kids. Right. But the whole like oh, where, okay. where where Han walks around him and steps on his tail and all of that. That was all special edition stuff. Okay. But that was really well done, if that wasn't actually filmed. Yeah. Well, you no, know, it was filmed. They had a guy, there's, you can see, if you watch the, the second VHS tape, the behind the <laughs> there, there was a guy, like, in a suit that, I mean, they CGI'd over him, but it was done as practically as it could be okay. for the time. Yeah. So there was an actual actor there that Han was playing against. Oh, okay. All right. So I feel like we they, need to move on a little. They took off. They got into the asteroid field, which wasn't expected to but be there. Because it's not an asteroid field. It's, it's the, not remainder it's the of remains. It's but the remains. you are skipping a scene. Oh, yeah? You are. This We're is, not going to talk about it because I talk the, about it every time. This is the scene where, you know, Han is basically saying that, you know, I do my own stuff. I don't believe in all this voodoo magic and all this Jedi blah, blah force and then that's when you see the uh, Luke doing his, you know... TM official Jedi training. What little bit of, you know, quote, Jedi training that he gets when uh, Obi-Wan is pretty much like, hey, just leave me alone for a few minutes and uh, block these uh, little blaster shots. But that's when they put the, uh, he puts the X-Wing helmet on his head and uh, commences to do some pretty superior Jedi training. Well, because... Again, it's, you see it's his blood boiling. You can't see this right now, but Ben is getting <laughs> visibly agitated. The veins it's, in his neck are popping. It's brilliant, up. right? The way it is presented in Episode Four is brilliant. Obi Wan has taken this young kid who's just seen the only family he knows get murdered. By the way, who's decided he said, "I want to learn the ways of the Force. I want to become a Jedi like my father." Right? That's he sort of makes this little pledge to Obi Wan, yeah. and then Obi Wan. Um, in, in the Millennium Falcon, yeah. is trying to figure out, okay, how can I start to introduce, like, forced concepts to this kid who just doesn't know anything about anything? So he takes this blast shield, he takes this little training target droid, and it's like, okay, you're going to take the lightsaber, you're going to block the tra- tra- training droid, but you're not going to be able to see it. You have to feel it. You have to use the force to help you see beyond what's there. Right? There's a supernatural, cosmic feeling of the not just some magical power. 
And it's, it's brilliant because he's just using the materials he has available to him at the time, which makes Obi-Wan a brilliant teacher in the moment, rather than what they did in the prequels, which was make it, oh, this is how Jedi's always get trained. And in the ones after that. Oh, well. But we'll get to those. Well, before, too. Oh, so the prequels. Yeah. yeah. Right, the younglings. So before, then, and then after. And then they continued to have the bad retcon. So you liked it. How it was executed in A New Hope, but then but you didn't. But you didn't like the anywhere else. It didn't make sense. Correct, because the idea, the idea in A New Hope is that Obi Wan is looking around the ship, picking a couple of things to just try and start to do something with Luke, to start to like develop some kind of just beginner's awareness of Force, of the Force, and using a lightsaber and all these things. So at this point, do you feel that he had a good enough understanding or read on Luke that he was a Force sensitive? Oh, well, I think there's no doubt in his mind. Well, knowing who he at who this point in the canon, is. though, I'm pretty sure that that it was the idea that Obi Wan did bring Luke and was watching over him. And yes. Here's, here's the other side to that, though. We already know how bad it went the last time that they took a Skywalker that was older than than the a supposed age to be a Padawan. And he took him under his wing to teach him the ways of the Force. And also the fact that um, he is probably not as Force-sensitive as uh, Annie was. Even when Annie was a kid, he was using it in, in pod racing and stuff like that. Luke, there was no discernible way to say like he had enhanced reflexes or was using it in any meaningful way. Like, well, it does. Actually, we, we, he was able to, he, um, when he would go out and uh, go on like the skiff and he would be able to shoot womp rats. Um, right? And he has a natural abilities, abilities to, or like kind of like supernatural abilities to like work with ro- robots that's, and that's stuff. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, that's actually there. And again, it's echoed in episode one, but it's done so Horribly with yeah. little Anakin building C three PO and pod racing and all you, that, but that 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 originally actually came from yeah. Luke's character. Do you think though that that actually went through Obi Wan's mind when he realized Probably that not. that 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 Luke was, you know, wanting to kind of follow in the footsteps of his, of his father in a way? Do you I th- think like, oh man, I'm not again, you know. No, not I, again, Anakin. Oh, no, I honestly, I think Obi Wan at this point is is. Knows he's one of the last Jedi. Okay. Knows that this prophecy, if we're going to take the prequels in, right. wasn't really fulfilled through Anakin himself. But there is the conversation about then maybe it's these children, right? Because that's part of the reason why both of the children were taken and separated. It's to keep them away. But also to see, like, they might have the ability to actually bring balance to the Force. If, if I could, though, because you because you touched on the prophecy, the prophecy was that balance would be brought back to the Force and that there would be one individual that would come and do that, right? I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the prophecy. Maybe not... Not word for word. Not yeah. word for word, but that's the gist of it. So my, my whole thing about that is, who's to say that balance wasn't already brought to the galaxy? Because keep in mind, the only two Sith in existence that we know at this point, and as far as people who've never didn't, this is the first time people are even learning about Star Wars. The only two Force users that we know are the Emperor and Vader, and then we come to learn about Obi Wan 
and Yoda. It's only after... So, so literally, you could say there's two on the light side and two on the dark side. That, that's about as balanced as it's ever been, as far as I'm aware, in the entire Star Wars galaxy, the, the saga. So who's to say that... And I just think it's funny because like as soon as Luke starts getting trained up into you know, bringing his Jedi powers up to the, the level that like Obi-Wan's were, and maybe even Yoda's, um, and then also when Luke goes to like, this is all way past this scene, but like when he goes to make the Jedi Academy and stuff, it, it, it like crumbles apart. And I think it's like every time they try to like build up one side over the other, it, it always falls apart. Yeah. And it causes like yeah, but they were pretty. The and Jedi like, were pretty dominant for a long time. I mean, they even say in episode oh, yeah. one that that the Sith have been gone for a millennium. So, and, but also I think it speaks into the interesting idea that just was never fleshed out well enough yeah. of the hubris of the Jedi Council that they misinterpreted that prophecy of bringing balance to the Force to mean the destruction of the dark side. And that's not actually what the prophecy says. It was just as the idea that the force is balanced, which is what you're explaining. Right. But that being said, all the Jedi had to die. Well, but that's <laughs> the thing. There's no longer balance if when Obi Wan dies and Yoda dies, which we, you know, we're not to that movie yet. But those are kind of the only two Jedi we know that exist. So if Obi Wan doesn't pass something on to someone who can possibly continue that, then now the balance is the other way, and now it's just yeah, pure evil. And, if we're going to take the prequels into existence, Obi-Wan knows who the Emperor is. He knows that he's a Sith. He knows that Darth Vader is a Sith. So he's very aware of the... Well, and not to mention, then you get to the other aspect of it. And after Obi-Wan dies, Yoda dies, then it's still, uh, you know, they don't, they don't never talk about it, but you see that, you know, dumb scene where uh, Leia's doing her Jedi training and stuff. You know what I'm talking about, like in the later movies? Like, I, they don't say when that takes place, but now you're talking, now there's two Jedi and technically no Sith. You know what I mean? Right, because they don't know Palpatine is back. <gasps> what? Um, that's and, terrible. And, yeah, Kylo hasn't quite turned. Oh, Because, yay. again, that's what keeps happening, right? So the, the idea of a force... Oh, that's right, because she just, in that scene, she's just finding out she's pregnant. Yeah, so yeah, the, the Force is constantly putting itself in balance. Alright, so let's, we gotta move on here. There's a scene, it's a, I don't know, it's kind of a poopy scene. Obi-Wan, Vader face off in the Battle of the I Ages. I hate you so much. <laughs> Why? Did you just call that a poopy scene? <laughs> just to get them all riled up, I know he loves it. So yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. Can avoid all the uh, heroic uh, yeah, yeah. antics of, of getting Leia out of well, that. Hey, let me ask you this. This is we'll talk about the scene where Obi Wan dies. In the order in which it comes, instead of jumping to it. Yeah, no, we're going straight to Obi Wan's about to die. He, oh. you know, they had that that face off, and he even he says, "If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful, more powerful than you could imagine." Is he referring to himself as just being able to become a Force ghost? Or just becoming one with the Force? I think there's a... Yeah, I think that's part of it. That's, I, I, I know I that's probably think, a pretty loaded question. I don't think that those are mutually ex explicit. No? No. No, I think it could be both of those things. But actually, I think the most important thing is... It's... it's you, think that, you think that was Vader's downfall? Like, right there? Like, his... 
It's Obi-Wan's leaving the impression on Darth Vader now that Vader has killed his master, right? And that's something that is not going to go away in Vader's continue to move forward. Right? That it wasn't that that Vader chose to kill Obi-Wan instead of locking him up, or I mean he could have done a million other things, because clearly he was overpowered. But but Obi-Wan now has, in a kind of weird manipulative way, because we find out Obi-Wan's pretty manipulative, I would say. In the He's original. not. Well, I don't even care about that. Jedi mind tricks aside, he just <laughs> straight up lies to Luke, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vader killed your father. Well, you know, from a certain point of view. Eh. So, but Obi-Wan is, is, is playing <clears throat> the game of, by you striking me down, I will always have power over you because I let you do this. Like, he's playing uh, a seed okay. of doubt so you're into Darth he's, Vader's... So he's going with the, you're not beating me, I'm letting you win. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Again, I don't think that's the whole thing, but I think, because that's, you know, if we if we consider that that relationship between Obi-Wan and, and Anakin was supposed to be this close-knit thing that just fell completely apart, to have the last statement of, I'm letting you do this. And also, by the way, I'm bring, I'm training your progeny up to who, face who you. you both know is your son. Correct. And you know, that's also kind of an even... And he doesn't! <laughs> yeah. It's also kind of even bigger slap in the face that, you know, in a, in a sense, now that you say it like that, that Obi-Wan is almost like, you know what, this is the second time I've let you kind of, you know, win. You know, you look at my favorite lava scene that we talked about, and, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't kill him, but he just kind of leaves him there. Which, again, that is sort of a beautiful thing, then, if you compare that moment. Yeah, and then he just goes, like, force. he goes, once again, like, you're, you're not beating me. I'm letting you win. I have the high ground. <clears throat> yeah. I'm 105 now, I look at least. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just leave. Well, because the other thing is it's super calculated, too. I mean, Obi-Wan... He's again, also giving them a chance to leave. Not only that, but he's also intentionally waiting to be struck down until Luke can see it. So now he's giving Luke an, a motivation because there's been a relation. Again, Luke has lost everything. Obi-Wan suddenly steps in as Bad. the surrogate father-like figure. Or grandfather. Or whatever. Or yeah, I mean something. Because yeah, he's a and, thousand. <laughs> and, and now has been destroyed by Darth Vader. Gotcha. Yeah. So Because that sets up. Because then, I mean, again, that's why these movies are so great. You look at episode five when he goes to... to train with Yoda and he has like one of the final things before he goes off the planet is he goes into the like the weird underground tunnel thing and it's Darth Vader and he fights him but it's his own face like it's setting up these internal conflicts of character and choice and what really is good and evil I think that also leads to obviously talking about in reference to the later movies in the saga but that also contributes to you know, when he fails at doing the, the Jedi Academy, which we never, that's only acknowledged um, when the, in The Force Awakens when we see Kylo Ren and we learn his backstory. But, like, um, the thing there is, like, he doesn't want any part of raising the next generation of, of Jedi or, or anything because he's, like, he understands that interfering with the natural 
ways of the Force is bad. And it took, I don't know how many generations up until the Skywalker generation to figure that out. Like you have, it's just like Chris was talking about. You go back generations, I think like a thousand years or something like that, when the Jedi Council was started. And they had reigned over and brought peace to the galaxy for a good long period of time. But they were also meddling in in xenopolitics around the galaxy and all that stuff. So I think it really does speak to when Luke sees his his face in the I think it's actually called the the Cave of Evil or something like that. I think it's the Cave of Wonders. No, I that's it was Aladdin. Trial in the name, but I could be wrong. It I was, was making an Aladdin reference. Right. It was it was the Cave of Evil, I'm pretty sure. And I thought that was like, okay, wow. And also, I thought it was weird that Yoda was on a planet that was known to, like, emit, like, naturally emit dark side energy. I don't know if you guys know that, but there's so many Did planets. Did we see Yoda in this episode? No. No, I didn't No, know. I, I got off on the tangent because I was talking about how the good and evil seeds being planted by, by Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, but we were talking about his, his training and how... Um, you know, the training that, uh, what happens when he sees Obi-Wan die is that's kind of the last time that we see him use the force like by himself. And then the next time that we see him use the force is obviously when he shoots that impossible shot, uh, into the reactor exhaust for the death star. Right. But uh, going off of what you were saying, going, going where you were going with that. Um, I, I think that is echoed throughout the rest of the saga, too. Because when Ray tries to come and give him his lightsaber and all that, it's like, he's very hesitant. He's like... He throws it. He, yeah, he literally, like, chucks it behind Which him. Which is like, gosh, man, there's only, like, seven of those left in the world. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> in the galaxy, right? Yeah. It's so, for a lot of money. All right, yeah. so let's, let's finish this out. Ben, what happens at the end of the movie? Um, everyone gets a medal except Chewbacca. Ah, that's right. That's bad. Because we, we hate Wookiees. Isn't that such an awkward scene? Wait, so the droids got awards too? They got... No, no it's just Han and Luke. Okay. Yeah, but it's like... He was there the whole time. Yeah. Like, you need a co-pilot and it's Chewie. You know what? I meant to bring this up earlier. Since you said droids and I was saying Chewbacca. Does it not bug anybody else that... You know, you hear Chewie like making sounds, and they're just like, "Well, you take that back, Mister." It's like, how the heck do they understand him? Or R two D two, all that beeping, and they're just like, "R two, thanks, but I appreciate it." And he's like, and they're just like, "Yeah, R two said he's coming over to the house for you." Like, how the heck do they understand what they're saying? But yet, C three PO speaks English, or six thousand languages. Okay, those are like not the same argument because C three PO is a Troy human cyborg relations right literally like i know but i'm just saying like protocol. he knows he it's says he just knows, like thousands of languages yeah it's just weird that like these people can just hear chewie and go oh, but yeah. it's not these people it's mostly han and lando because they have relationships with chewie it's not lando like, is a straight up punk <laughs> which is for another episode. that is a different episode but, Chris. but my point is it's not like like people learn how chewbacca communicates the more they're around him. Like, Leia doesn't know what Chewbacca's saying. You see that when they're running through the things. Get this walking carpet out of my way. I guess you see it in it. I guess you you just know it in your heart. No. Well. No, you feel him. 
Chewbacca is such a lovable character. Okay, you have a dog, right? Yes. Would you say you could understand your dog's emotional feeling when, depending on what Tucker is doing and how he's making sounds? Yeah, you're right about that. Right. Exactly. I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, I could understand like hurt, maybe versus just the regular. I mean, I. I mean, if bark. my dog came up and started barking, he's. I'm not going to be like, "What? Timmy's in the well?" Like, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying it's just weird how. They, okay, take Chewbacca out of it. <laughs> the droids. How do they know what R two D two saying by all that whistling? That's a tangent I'm going on. You know I do it. I'm sorry. Let's finish the movie. It's entirely possible, though. I'll just say I'm closing on that point. Is it's entirely possible that when kids are kids, they're exposed to multiple languages, not just to be bilingual, but trilingual and I guess you have quadlingual to and say. But why would that? Why the heck wouldn't you just make R two D two like? You would think after all the things that have happened, somebody would be like, "Hey, can we put an English module on him so we understand him?" There could, while cybernetics do take many forms in the Star Wars galaxy as well, and it's entirely possible that people who inherently understand the droids, the beeping and all that, uh, like R two and other droids like him, it's impo- It's possible that they could have some kind of implant, cerebral implant, that allows them to translate what they're saying. But the, or it to could think, be an older model that can't handle certain advances in technology. Well, I don't think there's any reason why we should go on a tangent about no, how people understand droids. I was just rambling. Now, uh, real quick recap. Luke is, uh, like his dad, comes in, blows up the Death Star, everybody lives. No. Yeah. Yes. He goes through a little rat hole and does the secret cool shots and blah, 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 and Saves the day. Yeah, but there's actual tension in the yeah. trench scene versus yeah. Kid yeah. Anakin being like, yeah, you get I'm an autopilot. Yeah, oh, I dude. ended up inside here. What's this yeah, guy but, do? No but one... you, you know what my least favorite part of that is? When Han comes in and shoots him, and uh, it's the TIE fight, it's, it's Vader's ship is going like, shoo, 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 yeah, like great. randomly spinning. Oh, no, it's great. How the heck do TIE fighters, like, how do their ships fly? You, you know, like, did the creators of those ships go... Hey guys, you know how like planes have wings? So this has been a great episode. We'll <laughs> let's turn the wings. Week. Let's turn the wings up. Alright. Real quick, we gotta do favorite character, least favorite, one out of ten. Very quick. Nick, favorite, least favorite, one through ten. Uh favorite character in this one is gonna be C3PO. Because he is he's <laughs> probably he's probably the most cynical person, or not person, but cynical character. In the entire episode, and up until this point, um, yeah, he hasn't gotten the respect that he deserves. He's already hasn't. <laughs> Even so, by my chuckle. Yeah. All right. But like, yeah, tongue in cheek. But seriously, uh, he's probably my favorite character because literally from the moment that they get into the escape pod until like the very end scenes or whatever, he's just cracking like. These cynical comments about like every the first, situation. He's like the first one, like the dad jokes, like just yeah. inappropriate jokes and yeah. things that but nobody wants to hear. Also, the 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 annoying thing that you hated about uh, Obi Wan and Anakin, where they were constantly like, uh, I, "I've never done that," you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Or or stop doing that. I really wish you would. That's you know, 100 him. That's basically <laughs> what he's doing with R two. A lot is like I really wish 
that you would stop taking us into these perilous, you know, situations. Anyways, so he's my favorite. Least favorite would probably be uh, Obi-Wan. I don't, I do not like Obi-Wan. Uh, you know, when I first watched episodes four through six, when I was a kid, loved Obi-Wan. But in this, I did not like him. I didn't, especially if you, if you're first time watching it and you see Obi-Wan as he exists in this film, but you were able to see him in the, the prequels, the one through three, he's like a completely different person. Yeah, but you can say that and laugh, but the the thing is, is like this version of Obi Wan is just he's just like like you said he's opportunistic with the Force now, and I I honestly feel like the reason that I don't like him in this one is because he reminds me so much of yourself Yoda, <laughs> huh. Yoda from the prequels, and who I think I had mentioned I didn't like him I think in one of them because I was like he didn't really do anything. Yeah, I actually think I said him twice. Yeah, my least favorite character. And that's right. that was my thing. It's like that that lightsaber battle with Vader and and old man Obi Wan could have been so good. And there's actually an edit out there. You guys can look it up if you want. But there's an edit out there of like a redone CGI. I think I kind said of, it to both of you. Yeah, that could be. I thought I looked it up myself, but. There's a remake of that scene, and it is so it's much incredible. better. Yeah, but now, it was also made. It, if Two they years did, ago. If they did the face tracking a little bit better on Obi-Wan, I think they could put that into the film, and that would be a lot better segue. Oh, boy. But but I digress. That, that that's my that's my favorite and, and least favorite character. We'll we'll talk about it in just a moment. Okay. Alright, one through ten. One through ten. I'm gonna give episode four. I'm gonna give it up. I'll give it a seven, because it was wholesome. There were times where it was wholesome. There were times where it was unbelievable. There were times where it was obnoxious, but I would give it a seven overall. Um, so I'm gonna go with my favorite character. Is and I'm gonna stick with it. Is gonna be probably Obi Wan, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Granted, I agree with you a hundred percent with what you're saying. I agree with you. Oh, He's agree agreeing with, with me, just, no, just to be clear. No, he's agreeing with you about the lightsaber battle. Which... Yes. No. Eh, yes. But here's what I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you in the sense that, you know, he was kind of like, you feel like he didn't do anything and blah, 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 blah. Actually, I'm not agreeing with you. I'm about to go completely against oh. that. So, but here's what, why I appreciate his character. Knowing what we know about the first three movies and then you go to this movie... The reason why I really appreciate him is I think we'll all agree that in the prequels, Obi-Wan was like consistently, yeah, he did some shady stuff, but he's consistently doing work, right? Like he's finding the clones, he's doing this, he's always tracking, he's trying to work. Well, you I could think say he even has like a moral center more so than some of the yeah, other. Okay. Or he, you could call it, you, can't, you say he's putting in work or doing work, or you could look at it from the way that I look at it is the wrong way. Meddling. He's meddling with the Force. He's meddling. He's meddling by finding the clones. He's meddling by finding, uh, by killing Grievous. He's meddling by if you take the stance, saving the Emperor. If you take the stance that Ben had where the Force balances itself, then the clone army 
was always going to happen. Anyway, if you order sixty six is the best balance. So yeah, absolutely. But I mean, he spends his whole life devoted to this. Mm -hmm. Like even after Anakin did the, I mean, the most ultimate betrayal you could do. He didn't just betray Obi Wan; he betrayed all of the Jedi. But Obi-Wan then spent the remaining years of his life looking after Luke and then passing on whatever knowledge he could and then ultimately giving his life so Luke could get away. I would challenge the, the, the part about him looking over Luke. Like, watching over Luke. I don't, I don't know how true that is. And we won't know until Disney Plus comes out with You're right. show. But as of right now, what do you think the chances are of old man Kenobi being on the same planet, right. not too far away from where Luke is. If Obi-Wan can sense that Alderaan and all people that mean nothing to him blew up, mm -hmm. he would be able to sense if something was going wrong with Luke, especially in regards to Vader or any of them trying to get to him. Yeah, I suppose that's... And yeah. that could be... Because technically, in his search for Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan finds him. So you can't really say that, you know, Luke found Obi-Wan. It was the other way around. Well, and yeah, it's I don't possible, know what I said, but it, you know what I'm saying. Like, he's yeah. he's there. Yeah. He is, he's present he's when making, he needs to be, exactly. when he chooses to be. So that's why he's my favorite. My least favorite character is, uh, uh, it's kind of tough. I don't really like Leia. She's, she's, she brings sass. Hey, leave your sass at the door. Okay. Carrie Fisher. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> Just let it go. Especially okay? when you can see her cocaine nail. In. <laughs> what? It's a great scene where you can see that she has one long finger. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Anyway. um, <laughs> Wow, I am... That is... He's, he's now pulling it up on his phone. Yeah, she's okay. just my least favorite character. I just don't like... Uh, you don't like that she's a damsel in distress who can take care of herself? I, nah, I mean, it was honestly... That is kind of a conflict. Yeah, I it's mean, also a... Uh, it, it, uh, exactly. like Because she's like, help me, you're my only... I need help, get me off this ship. But then the guys are trying to go back and forth with these uh, star... With the uh, stormtroopers in the hallway. And she's like, I'll do it myself. And it's like, well then why are they even part here? Me, part of me wonders, though, if... The adaptation of Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia was that sassy and self-sufficient. Because um, it does it does seem to contradict itself, doesn't it? When she, yeah. When you yeah, but then the, you but then you look at the later parts of her, at, and she literally can't do anything by herself. Oh, I, again that what? I'm, well, I'm talking about the last three movies when she's you know the last three movies where she oh oh you oh you're talking about the newer movies yeah 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 well. When she's old. R.I.P. That's another... Okay, anyway, okay. before we one, go on okay. more one, tangents... One through ten. One through ten. I, I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's a really, really good movie. It's definitely... It's entertaining. It's got... You know, we talk about that lightsaber battle and how, like, we look at it from a 2020 standpoint. We're like, that's a crappy scene. But then... That was well, probably, some people say that. Well, two out of three in this room say that. But then you look at it and you go... That's a that's a cool scene though. Like for that time, for them to even though it's like super slow and you see them jumping around, flipping and not falling into lava in previous movies. And admittedly, that could be due to their age, as we know they were yeah. older men. Yeah, they were but, both a thousand. But here's so it's a seven. 
Okay, seven, for, but for a different reason. But okay, <laughs> Ben, what is your uh, least favorite character? Oh, least favorite, worst favorite. Yeah. Uh, well, Nick doesn't care about order, so we'll go with least favorite. No, that's least fine. Favorite. I just was ready to do most favorite. Um, probably. See, it's hard because you don't really get to know all the people, and this will be a hot take. But I think, just based on the movie by itself, it's Luke. Okay. We were literally Luke. just talking about how nice it was to have a kid like Luke, and now he's your least favorite. Well, in the context of the movie. Yes. Why is he your least favorite? Because he is he he is he is literally the stereotypical whiny teenager. Whiny which is, Skywalker. Which is there's nothing wrong with that, but he doesn't really give that up until the like very end of the movie. And he only kind of gives up that, which, you know, I realize he's not going to grow up over the course of one movie, but there's, there's always a sense with Luke in all of the movies of, of this, this, um, like, I don't know, hoity-toitiness in a way, of uh, his approach to life. Not, not that he's like, 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 like he's owed something. Okay. Right there, there's a there's a pretentiousness about like, mm. well, I should be able to do this. I should have been able to train all the people. I should be able to finish Jedi training whenever I want. Like he's always that. There's that whininess that's so so pronounced in in A New Hope. You know it's what? lesser, but it's it's there. In I, you're five. definitely right. It's there in Episode Six. It's definitely there in the new trilogy. Oh yeah, especially when she's like Master Luke, and he goes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. so like, and, and so I was that, gonna say, I'm dogging you now for it. But when we get to uh, seven, eight, and nine, he's going to be my least favorite character for two of those movies. Right. Well, and and, and that's it's that, and again, it's it's a it's a choice in the character the way it's written, and that's why I don't necessarily like it because it's 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 it gets he doesn't ever totally overcome that. Favorite character? Oh, Grand Moff Tarkin for sure. Interesting. He again, it just he's so brilliant. You know what? He has the level of respect that Vader should have. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, so so if we're gonna let's let's so let's does that mean that he's the other way around. wait? Does that mean he's master Grand Moff Tarkin? Right. <laughs> no, but really, like he is a legitimately scary person. Without really, he doesn't really do much outside of like give other people commands. But that's he's but he has such a presence around people that no one questions him, including Darth Vader. Right. Like he Again, is level of respect. Well, that's what I'm saying. There must be some. There's something about him that because he doesn't talk down to Vader. He's not. Uh, Leia makes the joke of, of you know, oh, you're just holding Vader's leash. But but really, there is something to be said that if that character, if Darth Vader is listening to Tarkin, there's something special about Tarkin. Well, yeah, and he's a pretty uh, sinister dude because not only all of that, but since you're talking about Leia, when he goes and starts talking about blowing up her planet. He just goes, hey, listen, before I kill you, I want you to see what I'm going to do to you. So he wants to, not only is he going to kill her, but he wants to watch her uh, lose her home planet first, too. That's he, very maniacal. He, yeah, and I just, it, it, again, right. from a character standpoint, it just it's so well written, and the actor does such a good job of, of making he, you he like You see how great they made them look in Rogue One? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about that, but yes. Never mind, I take it back. He looked awful. Anyway, say, one out of ten. Oh, well, I also was going to talk about the lightsaber battle really quickly. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. This show, is my well, this is my problem with people saying they don't like the lightsaber battle. Two things. First, quickly, 
Um, <laughs> this is my problem. I have three of them. <laughs> well, the yeah. idea, if we go back to my original thinking about the force, that force uses up and is expendable and you get tired, look how much force power Obi-Wan has used sneaking around that ship up to the point where he finally faces Vader. Okay, So Obi-Wan's not really in, in the shape to really, really fight in the way that he might be able to if he were fresh. Second, we don't know what Vader's been doing, but Vader's toying with him, clearly, just like he does with Luke later in, in Episode 5. The, the lightsaber fight isn't about... It, it's, it's a power struggle where, again, Obi-Wan takes the time to say, well, you physically might be overpowering me right now, but I'm more powerful than you because I understand that this there's more to this moment than you trying to kill me. Yeah. And if it were this big flashy flight that suddenly Obi-Wan was tragically killed, that is lost completely. Now it's just, a, it really is about physical skill. Well, I think everybody's, everybody's issue with that looking back now is the fact that you see all the fancy cool things that were done. Yeah, I'm saying it in quotes. Fancy cool. Talking about episodes one, two, and three. But right, the fanboy video games. Yeah, and then you get to episode four, and it's a, it's a very slow, like, right. king. Which, again, king. And, and part of it was, was... So if they were flipping around a lot, it just wouldn't fit in the movie. But you're right, Vader is definitely doing a, a thing where, you know, they don't use the Force to manipulate each other. It's strictly lightsabers and talking. And, but then you also see a cool part of the fact is that Vader doesn't just, he's not, like, striking him down. I mean, you see his light, like, he disappears well before that lightsaber gets to him, and it just kind of, like, just moves through. I love the fact that, that Darth Vader actually had to check the robe and make sure yeah. he didn't just he shrink went, himself. The? Did he force well, shrink himself? But that's, right. not a, but, <laughs> but that's not a power that he has seen yet. You know what I mean? Like, because he... Oh, he, he's he, not seen. He's not Jedi. seen become one in the Force because everybody that he was there with, like all the Jedi that he you know saw, they all just died. Like even like Qui Well, he didn't see Qui Gon, but I was gonna say, well, he was a kid. Was he at Qui Gon's funeral? I don't remember. He was at Qui Gon's funeral, but they burned him. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Anyway, Which they were only like six feet away from the the thing. I'm like, that must have smelled horrible. Anyways, that's a dark. That's yeah, a dark. Okay. <laughs> All right. Showstopper. So I, a new hope for me on the number scale, though. All right, one through <laughs> one through ten. Uh, I would give it an eight because I think it's timeless. I think you know, unfortunately, but even with the special edition stuff, you can get past some of the silliness where hey, they added things. Seven point three. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. just for a movie that was made in nineteen seventy-seven. It still honestly, holds today. Honestly, it holds up. The visual effects hold up. The sounds, again, there's a few things that stick out that are not great, but yeah, it's it's just it's a brilliantly it's a brilliant start to an epic series of good versus evil for the first three movies. I do want to say as a little factoid, I'm not sure uh, if you guys knew or not, but Peter Cushing, the one that played Grand Moff Tarkin, he uh, is actually or was actually really good friends with Christopher Lee, who would later play, in the Dooku. prequels, Dooku. Um, and I just thought that was really cool, because, like, could you imagine uh, if they had switched? Could Like, for example, could you imagine Tarkin no. as Dooku? Mm-mm. No? No, but I could see Christopher Lee yeah. playing Tarkin. Oh, really? 
I think. I mean, it would, it would come off a little bit differently, but I think he has that same. I mean, he, that's the Saruman thing where he's manipulative and. He's a good. That's his character. That's a good character. Yeah. I I kind of like w- would love to have seen, obviously before Christopher Lee passed away, would have loved R. to R. have P. seen him recreate the scene where he destroys Alderaan, Tarkin destroys it, and or commands the destruction, I should say, uh, and have that be done by Christopher Lee, even if it was just a voiceover, I would have like loved to have seen how his take of that scene would have gone. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. Alright, well, ladies, I feel like after, what are we at, an hour and a half, this is, uh, this is the I end. I could go for three more. I'm sure you could. Well, anybody else got anything to say besides Ben, because he could keep talking about it? <laughs> well, Matt probably had something to contribute, but <laughs> not today. I did. Next time we should probably call him. <laughs> Maybe. Like, somebody should call him. I don't know. Or text we'll him. we have to do a Google invite form, because apparently it wasn't on his calendar. Even though it was his idea. Alright. Well, with that being said, let's call it a day. See ya.